0: Well, we have a different kind of service today. We want to share with you. I'm just going to talk a little bit and turn most of the time over to Carl. We're excited about our new Sunday School program. And we want you to be involved in it. And that's why you're all hearing about it. Sometimes people say, well, we didn't get communicated. Well, you were in church. It's in English. You heard. No, discipleship is just a part of the DNA of this church because it's part of the DNA of being a Christian. So, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child the way he will go. When he's old, he'll keep doing the same thing. Some people hear that he'll not depart from those ways as well. I took my child to Sunday school, so I know he's living like the devil now, but that verse means he's coming back. No, that's not what that verse means. It means... You train up a child in the way he goes, and he's going to keep doing the same things you discipled him to. You see, everybody's discipling their children to something, and the children know what's important. Is your life a life of worship, or is that just a spice you put on at the end of the week so you can tell your kids we're Baptist, Methodist, whatever you are? Or is it your life? Years ago, I heard a preacher say, "Men, you want to live your life so when you're sons stand at your casket they can say that was the godliest man I ever knew children know they see the problems you think they don't but they do they see if, if dad the most important thing in dad's life is hunting or football or whatever else it is you can say oh no kids God's the most important but they can tell by your life what's most important in Deuteronomy 6 when God was about to send the children of Israel into the promised land. They were going to be surrounded by people that they were supposed to be driving out, but surrounded by pagan people. And truly, God has always had his people in the midst of adverse culture. That's just the way it is ever since the fall of Adam. Adverse culture. So how do we train our children up so they love the Lord? Well, it's by discipleship. Now, we looked at some different books. There are really some churches now that are just doing away with Sunday school because they said, as long as we're doing Sunday school, then parents won't do it. Well, I know in our church, many of the parents are discipling their children faithfully. And we also have a church that's always reaching out. We're evangelistic. My wife was a bus kid. Her parents weren't believers. They weren't practicing Christians. And so somebody else brought her to church. And she heard the gospel. And so we want to be a church that's trying to fire on all those cylinders. And so a few, I guess a couple months ago, we had an elders meeting talking about the building because you want to continue to keep up with how God is blessing us. And it's kind of tough most months of the year to be outside. So we need to build buildings and shelter to have worship and ministry that's going on. But the elder said, before we do that, there's some things we need to kind of get in order. We need to make sure we know how we're ministering in these different areas. And I walked out of that meeting, and I knew God just impressed upon my heart. We need to get Carl back here. And Carl is, is that way. He's had years, him and Valerie both, years of ministry experience even before seminary so don't think that some seminary guys coming in without any experience trying to get all of you straightened out That's not what's going on. He has years of experience in the ministry years of experience in Sunday school And so he's been doing a lot of heavy lifting around here. You don't see everything he does But pray for him and Valerie. They're doing an amazing job for us And we've come to a curriculum that we just are so excited about not just because it's going to train our children But also, it's going to help train us. Sometimes the church gets this large, and people say, well, there's nothing really for me to do. Oh, no, there's plenty for you to do. And this is a way for us not only to be giving our kids the gospel, and if you're not training your kids at home already, this will be a way to get started. Very simple, very easy. Also, it's going to train people for the ministry. We have a lot of college people in our church. And you may never have thought about getting involved. This is an opportunity to get involved. And you're not going to sign up for a lifetime, just a quarter at a time. And it's going to be exciting. You see, spiritual giftedness is a kind of a thing that you don't really know sometimes what your gifts are. It's not about your personality. That's why last couple weeks we've talked about Billy Wiley and Ben Sanchez. You wouldn't look at their natural personality and say, oh, yeah, Billy's going to write books and be a teacher. You wouldn't think that, but that's how God gifted him. You wouldn't think Ben Sanchez would be an amazing mind for memorizing the scripture and then standing up publicly and ministering it to you naturally, but that's how God gifted him. Sometimes you don't find out about your giftedness till you jump in and try something. And so we're excited about this program. We want everybody to have the opportunity, like I preached last week, to be involved in the joy of ministry. So, Carl, you come and minister to us, and again, this is a lot of explaining and a lot of information, but I think it's important so all of us in the church, as much as possible, can be on the same page. Uh, Guys, could we maybe open some of these windows? It's a beautiful fall day here. Probably you get some, we'll help Carl stay keep everybody awake a little bit. All right, Carl.
1: I don't know if it'll help. Ooh, that'll help you stay awake. <laughs> I don't know if it'll help you stay awake. I hope I hope it will. I hope that uh, today is a blessing to you. It's definitely a different day in the sense that uh, my hope for uh, all of us is that I can communicate well uh, what our expectations are as people, as parents, um, and as, part, as members of a church, you know. Sometimes, uh, I guess, maybe if you're sitting here, you're not a parent, maybe you're going to feel like, well, I'm a little disconnected here. But I want you to know that... Um, that when you take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, Paul's in the middle of kind of explaining, you know, all the spiritual gifts that God has poured out on the early church. And in that particular context, it's an apostolic age. There's a number of things. There's gifts of of tongues, interpretation, prophecy, all kinds of things. We know those things have come to an end at, at the end of the apostolic age. But what do we know we can pull from as a principle from 1426? It says that when we come together... We're to bring these things. And so as the church gathered, the church gathered in homes, the church gathered in a number of different places, but it was clear that they came together. That's part of what we do today as we come together. And the command was not that we come and get, but the command was that we come and give. And so recognizing your gift is an important thing. It's a biblical thing. It's, it's what we're called to do. We're not called to just come and be edified, although that's part of what we do. We'll be edified today. We'll think through some things today. But if you're not married, but you want to be involved in some kind of ministry within the church, then amen. The, the Bible says right there, bring your gift, lay it bare, right? And serve one another other and, and love one another. And so one of the things this pastor already mentioned that he had asked me to do was to take a look at our children's ministry and, and just prayerfully consider what it would look like to help both our current children's ministry workers, and our parents to be more successful at discipling at home. Um, I don't know, I know a lot of you, some of you know our background, not all of you, but Valerie and I, for a number of years, seven years, were the children's directors at Harvest Christian Center when it was a brand new building. Um, And we not only directed or were the pastors over the children's ministry, but we uh, also taught fourth through sixth graders, and we did that for Uh, seven years, uh, day in, day in, day out. We only had one service at that time. So uh, Valerie and I, I think probably in over a seven-year period, could tell you that we um, had only been in service probably less than uh, ten times in those seven years. But it was a blessing to us. We enjoyed it. I would not uh, encourage that today, nor will I promote that (laughs) here as we're moving forward, as you're going to see that um, I think there is a more biblical, and a more responsible way for us to minister to our children, not only to them, but a way for us to grow in our discipleship skills. And so um, what, what I want us to do today is to think about how do we think biblically about children's ministry, and then how do we act wisely as we prepare a whole new generation of believers that are coming up behind us. So it's a you know, when you read the Apostle Paul's letters, you get all the way to to um, in Romans, you get all the way to chapter eleven, and then there's a major shift, right? It's a in the text we see that there's a therefore, and Paul uses that word often, but um, the tense of that therefore suggests that because of all that has happened from Romans one to Romans eleven, now this is how we're to act, and so um, that therefore is for us, is today is a, a practical. Now we get into the practical part of what, what uh, in Romans there, of what Paul is going to teach. Today is a very practical message. It is, it is what we're called to. Where I'm excited to share it with you, although I know it's a little different, um, simply because it helps us to get on the same page and move forward as a family, discipling our families. So um, with that said, as uh, when Valerie and I first came, we began to go downstairs and just observe uh, all of the different ministries that are going on. You know, church, that so we have every Sunday approximately 100 children a Sunday uh, sitting here below us. And that takes a lot of dedication, a lot of love, uh, and a lot of work to minister to those kids, especially with us long-winded, um, not-so-on-time preachers. So... so um, So I want you to, first and foremost, just recognize that those folks are such a blessing to us that have ministered over the years, and the purpose of even looking at a curriculum uh, right now is not because of anything that they did not do. It's simply saying we're a church, we're a church that is growing, and we want to unify the direction in which we're going, and that's all it's about. If you go down there right now, I guarantee you Mr. Rich is down there loving those children he's singing songs right now and clapping his hands and and having a great time with those kids and your kids are being loved well and um, so again I just want to point out that uh, it is not a matter of we're not doing a great job it's a matter of we want to do the kind of job that fits where God has us today and where we're headed and so you look down there pastor rich he's doing what he does every Sunday and his whole crew Uh, are down there faithfully uh, Sunday, day in and day out. Ben Bixby and his crew have faithfully been serving week in and week out. They exemplify that 1 Corinthians 14 attitude that I'm not just here to get something from church. I am here. I want to give back. And I really love that and that heart and that passion about Ben and his crew down there. If you really want to be in awe, you can take time to go down and observe folks like Debbie Innes, who has been serving in the nursery and the toddler's area. And let me tell you something, you just watch how God gifted her to take care of those kids, right? When, when, when I hear a baby crying, it is, it's hard on me. It's, it's tough. Like, I, I would imagine if you looked at me, my countenance would change. I'd be like, ah, oh, how do I fix that, you know? Not Debbie, just bright, shiny face, loves those kids, helps them transition away from their parents. There is amazing people doing amazing work in this church week in and week out, and I hope that you take time to honor them. So you might say then, that sounds really great. Why should we change? (laughs) Well, we should change because one, God is placing it in our heart to get more continuity within our children's ministry so that we're all moving in the same direction at the same time, that we might steward uh, our children well, and we might also, as elders, give you opportunity to um, equip yourselves for the work of the ministry. And so we'll be doing the equipping, but we'll, we'll hand those things to you. We'll give you the tools for that. So it's a great question. Why change? Well, to best answer it uh, is to discuss the criteria which kind of emerged from our uh, meetings, our pastors' meetings with Pastor Paul, Pastor Land, and even our elders' meetings. And as we have considered a children's curriculum, we concluded that the curriculum must have the following elements. And we'll have a take, take a look here at our first slide. Um, these are the elements that we said we, we've got to have within the curriculum. We decided that it has to be theologically sound, first and foremost. It is difficult in today's world to find that. A lot of children's ministry curriculums are entertainment-based. They're weak on the gospel. They're weak on theology. We did not want that. It needed to be theologically sound. It must have, go- uh, it must have gospel intentionality. What do I mean by that? We have a number of kids uh, every Sunday that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior yet. So we wanted to find a curriculum that was keyed in on the gospel, helping people who are teaching teach our kids the very thing that they need the most, and that is uh, life in Jesus Christ. So we wanted gospel intentionality to be in that curriculum. We also wanted family discipleship continuity. This, I think, was was probably the biggest area that we wanted to pull together. We have three different things going on and, three, and two different services. And we wanted to be able to say, here, here, are, here is the direction singularly that our family is moving. And so if you've got a kid that's in the nursery and you've got a fifth grader and any kids in between, uh, when you get home, the information that they were taught on a Sunday is the, is the same information. You're not trying to go over something different with your toddler that you're doing with your third or fourth grader. So it's a lot of us just wisdom things. It's things we wanted to look at and say, okay, how can we make this easier on our families? How can we help them to disciple their children? We wanted it to be digitally driven. We didn't want a lot of papers. I don't know about you guys, but when I was younger, the kids were younger. We drove around in a Dodge minivan, it had a spoiler on it because I was feeling like I needed a spoiler on my Dodge minivan. <laughs> it helped my ego a little, <laughs> but uh, not a lot. <laughs> but that being said, as much as we were engaged in the church and we were the, we were the culprits, we were the ones handing out the papers, they'd end up in the van, you know, and then in Wyoming the wind blows 100 miles an hour, everybody opens the door, papers are going everywhere what's my point, is it just didn't make it into the home. And I don't know if we were the only people in the world that that happens to, but just in case, this curriculum is, is digitally oriented. It comes across. It'll have an app for you that keeps up with it. And so we're excited about that. All, and then lastly, it must have an equipping element. We, um, uh, not only do we want our children to be discipled, but we want uh, our parents to be doing the discipling. So we needed something that was repeatable, a way for us as pastors in the church to help equip you to disciple your children. And so that's going to take some administration. We know that. And this curriculum, I'm telling you, every turn of the page is so helpful uh, with helping you to disciple your children well. uh, Right down to every week when you get the up-to-date curriculum that will come to you via email, uh, there will be a ten minute video on how to teach this lesson if you're a teacher. excuse me if you're a teacher. So those are the things that we're driving our uh, desires for a curriculum. So I wanted to show you just a short introduction to the curriculum, and uh, we already today we our nine thirty service has already done it. I've already had feedback from that they i I will force upon them uh, military uh, language, but they've already done an after-action review. It was called an AAR if you're a military person, right? You go through something, you do it, and then you sit down and you say, hey, how did that go? That was horrible. This wasn't. This was good. That didn't work. So we'll be doing that for the next four weeks. Uh, the curriculum uh, is very gracious in that it gives us four free weeks to work through, and that's what we're doing now, and then we'll critique those uh, every service and make adjustments as we go. So that's our kind of our after action review. But anyway, here's a short video uh, to get you, uh, get our feet a little bit wet. Welcome to the Gospel Project for Kids. This
2: Christ centered Bible study follows a three year chronological timeline of biblical events. It will help your kids gain a clear understanding of the entire Gospel story how all of Scripture points to the Gospel of Jesus. Kids will see how the Bible is not a series of stories, but one big story about God's love for us through Christ. Every three years, the Gospel Project begins again with new content. It's time to go back to the beginning. Let's take a look at the updates that are coming with the 2015 through 2018 cycle of the Gospel Project for kids. Kids will enjoy new Christ-centered studies Starting with, the story begins. An equal amount of time will be spent in the Old and New Testaments and kids will study the New Testament letters. There's also an intentional missions focus on a different region of the world each quarter to help show kids how the gospel empowers missions around the globe. All ages, babies through adults, will be studying the Bible on a chronological teaching plan that is aligned by Bible stories. And now you can teach the Gospel Project to your littlest learners with the Babies and Toddlers Leader Guide. The Gospel Project for Kids is separated into four age groups. Babies and toddlers, preschoolers, younger kids, and older kids. The curriculum is broken down into large group and small group teaching times.
1: All right, he has a lot more information on there. And it's really driven towards guys like me who are looking for a curriculum. So I'll I'll stop him there. Um, right? Don't you wish he had the gift of giving out information like that guy? And everybody just thinks, man, that's great. <laughs> I'm on board. That's why I'm letting him share some of that. But um, before we go much further, I guess what I want to do is I want to ask you a couple questions. And I want you, church, to kind of think through this and, and lens that through kind of what pastors already shared with us through Proverbs and Deuteronomy and how it's our job as, as parents to train up our children. Um, I want to ask just a couple questions to get you to thinking and understanding that uh, we, have a, we have a big responsibility as it, as it pertains to our children, um, personally. But what is our, our, our responsibility corporately? And we'll want to talk about that um, a little bit. So let me ask this question. Is children's ministry biblical? Is it biblical? Is there anywhere in the Bible that tells us to do this corporately? Well, no, we would say no, there isn't anywhere in the Bible that tells us to minister corporately to our children. So what we're choosing to do here is to be a blessing to our community. It's, it's uh, folks like uh, Christy Martin, I'm sure many others in here who maybe didn't grow up in church uh, for an opportunity for people to come to a church and hear the gospel. And so why do we do it? Well, it's a ministry philosophy. It's not demanded of us. In the scriptures, would we say it is wise? Yes and amen. We would say it's wise for us to have a children's ministry, Um, but not demanded. Now, is it demanded? Yes, it is. It's demanded of you as a parent. And so we agree with that, and we want to help you in that. And so part of this curriculum, and for us, I'll plant the seed now here, is that we we will be coming up with a list of all our faithful parents. And in that list, then um, you will be signed up to serve for a quarter, and we'll get down to that a little bit later and some of the, some more details about that. But why would we do that? Why would you say you're going to help? Well, one, it's our children, and we're to be discipling our children. Two, it helps us to help you to stay engaged with what your children are learning. So you're not so disconnected from the children's ministry that when you see that piece of paper come home, there are some papers with this curriculum, that you're unable or, or There's just a little bit more of a connection with your ability to teach that information and to be part of that. And so we'll get more to that later, and that's still being developed. But just know that um, as we move forward, it's going to be parent-driven. Not only will it be parent-driven, but it will also be uh, driven by those who just feel called to children's ministry. You feel like, man, this is something that I really want to do. So you fall into that 1 Corinthians 14 26 realm, right? That God has gifted you for something you want to bring it to the table. I already had a lady who came up; she was so excited uh, that we were doing this because she has taught this curriculum in California uh, some years ago, and uh, said it was just such a such a blessing for the church. And so she's older; uh, she has grandkids, but she wants to be involved, and so uh, very grateful for that. So if that's you, uh, we welcome you to be a part of that. So, um just know that it is the primary duty of the parent uh, to disciple our children, right? That is the primary duty of the pastor teacher to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And we know that, right? That's that's Ephesians 4, is, is telling us pastors, giving us our job description, that we're, we are we don't just preach on a Sunday, right? We don't just exposit words. We're here to help you to do the work of the ministry. So... Um, with that established, I want to share another video uh, about the curriculum. It shows a little bit more about the heart. It'll help you to, to kind of connect with what's going on, at the, I think, at the heart level and what this curriculum is really about.
3: In Luke 24, two disciples had an amazing encounter with Jesus as they walked to the village of Emmaus on the first Easter Sunday afternoon. The two were able to tell Jesus all the right facts of the past week and the earthly ministry of Jesus. But to this point, they weren't able to put it all together and realize that Jesus was alive. So Jesus showed them that every single story in Scripture was connected by one thread, Jesus. Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the Scriptures. The Bible is not a collection of unconnected stories. It is one big story of our need for forgiveness of our sin and God's plan to provide Jesus as the only way we can be made right again. And that is what your kids will experience in the Gospel Project. Over three years, your kids will go on a chronological journey through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, and see how it all points to Jesus. Each session's Christ Connection shows the kids how that day's passage points to Jesus, ensuring that not a week will go by without them seeing the big story of Scripture. And we believe that when your kids see that one big story of the Bible, it will transform them just like it did the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Weren't our hearts ablaze within us while he was talking with us on the road and explaining the scripture to us? Transforming kids' hearts through the gospel, not behavior modification, is a foundational value of the gospel project for kids. Our goal is not to change what a kid does. It is to position the gospel to change his heart. A heart full of love for Christ and gratitude for what he has done on the cross is what will truly and meaningfully change how a kid lives. Part of that changed life is finding their place in God's mission wherever they are. We believe that kids have been placed strategically by God to share the gospel with others in their neighborhoods, sports fields, schools, and wherever else they go. That very hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven, and those with them gathered together who said, The Lord has certainly been raised and has appeared to Simon. That's what will take place when your kids gather to go through the Gospel Project. But we know that God has chosen you, the parents, to be the primary disciples of your kids. So you will want to know about two core resources designed to help equip you for your mission. Each week, your kid will receive an activity page with family discussion starter and activity ideas that you can use to develop a weekly family devotion time or to supplement what you already do. The Big Picture for Families cards are also a helpful tool to review Bible stories with your kids. There is also a family app and a light app designed to help your kids memorize the key passages and review the Bible stories. You can get those at the App Store of your choice. Know that we're praying for you as you point your kids to Jesus Christ.
1: I hope that that helps you kind of get a feel for the heart of the gospel project. As we have spent time combing through this curriculum, there are a few things that really stand out to us. Um, We love that the curriculum is theologically sound. We have a slide here. It's a little difficult to see. But there are over 30 authors that are writing this curriculum. They are staying current. So, as you heard uh, in the earlier video, that we're coming into the 2018 season, and um, so our kids are coming up on the end of the of uh, what they spend from an Old Testament to New Testament standpoint. They've just started today. As a matter of fact, our kids started uh, with Jesus meets uh, Nicodemus meets Jesus, um, but just know that when we come to the 2018 end of the year when we start in genesis again if you've had a kid that has been in the program all the way since they were little there's potentially they could end up in there a couple times we'll know this that they are rewriting the the curriculum so when we get back to genesis here starting in 2019 it won't be the same genesis that they already had it'll be rethought it will be redone there will be new music there will be new Uh, opportunities for them to see that. So it's not something that they just created once and said, well, we will just put it on the shelf, you know, Uh, good enough. It's something where writers, intelligent people, both men and women in the educational world, you see up there, you know, popular people like Matt Chandler and Robert Smith, those guys are a part of writing and producing this uh, curriculum for our children. So um, know that Theologically Sound was very important, uh, very important to us as elders as we looked at a curriculum. Secondly, a love that the gospel uh, is intentionally given each Sunday. There is no single larger unregenerate group of people in our church every Sunday than with our kids, right? We, we need to acknowledge that. We need to know that for us to just sit and teach um, information uh, about the Bible, yet they haven't had the, the main piece of information given, is, is not a good steward of us, right? Right? So the beauty of this particular curriculum is that every Sunday there's a Christ connection. Every Sunday they go through the gospel. They talk about who is man, right, or who is God. He is holy and he is just. They talk about who is man. He is delightful in that he's created in the image of God, but he is fallen, he is sinful. They talk about who is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to die and be the sin and and die the death that we deserved. Uh, And then fourth, they talk about what should be our response to that, both in obedience and faith? And so every Sunday, they are, they are uh, approached with the gospel. They are uh, given this opportunity to put their life in faith in Jesus Christ. So why does that matter? I don't know about this church, but I know in general numbers say that most people that are in church today gave their lives to Christ in some form of children's ministry. Um, I know one of my favorite professors, he's 47 years teaching seminary, uh, gave his life to Christ as a five-year-old, and he tells that testimony in his systematic theology classes. So why do we do this? Why do we want to provide this for our communities? It's, It's men like that. I think now of Dr. Pettigrew and how he's influenced my life, right? Because somebody got up and taught children's ministry and shared the gospel. And so it's gospel. Uh, it has a gospel intentionality to it. It's very important to us. I love the curriculum as a whole uh, family discipleship tool because uh, we've already spoke of it, but because it starts uh, with the, all the way from birth and goes all the way through really our 5th, 6th graders, and it's consistent. So when that information is coming home with your young one and your older one, it's all the same. We love that it is a whole family discipleship tool. We love that it's digitally driven. It uh, has emails. It has tweets, of which I don't know anything about. Um, But my wife says she's going to teach me. So he comes with emails, tweets, all these things are pre-made for us as a uh, body of elders and pastors that we can be sending that information uh, to you via uh, text and emails along with the app. Uh, So if you've missed a weekend, The app is designed to stay up with where we're at in the class. So if you're gone, you want to teach something, you have a devotional time. Maybe you do your devotional time like we have in years past. We don't always do it the same way, but right after dinner, uh, we uh, generally in our home, that's what we've done. And so maybe do that. It's easy. It's with you. It's not blowing out in the Wyoming wind. We love that it is uh, digitally driven. Um, Love that it has an equipping element for new teachers which is repeatable and it's done with excellence. So as I've already mentioned, that we'll be looking at getting every parent involved in the teaching of the curriculum. Uh, We have about 100 parents. We know we have other volunteers who are either single or their grandparents. They don't fall into the the parent dynamic. But as we look at that, it looks as if each family will serve for one quarter out of uh, every two years about every 18 months, depends on where this lands. So, so you will be being involved. So the pastor said, this is a little different service. Yes, it is. Why? Because if you're a parent, <laughs> you will be teaching the curriculum and so um, at some point in time. And so just, uh, yes, it's different, but no, it's not. We're, we're excited about helping you to disciple uh, your children. So we have here one last, a couple of last slides. As Paul mentioned earlier, and I've already said uh, that uh, parents are going to be a driving force behind this ministry. Um, that our elders are to equip those parents. We are in the process now of developing how that's going to work, how all the information will get out, the training sessions that we'll do. We already this week went through a training session. Uh, with a number of people who are ministering this curriculum this weekend. So as we refine that, we will be getting a hold of you. Um, we, will, uh, we will also provide a quarterly calendar, so it's not something that just gets thrown on your calendar and you're not aware. Uh, our goal is to actually have the year laid out. And so you know where it's at, you know how it sits, no surprises as far as uh, your ability. Secondly, your quarter is actually two quarters so once you've taught a quarter you'll be the sub for the next quarter and that is simply so that we know that people's lives are complicated people have plans they go they do things and what we want is people that have already taught the curriculum to be able to step in and help out uh, when you need to be gone and so um, that's how that's how we foresee it working right now so our goal is to start uh, January, january 14th will be the first Sunday uh, where the whole church will be coming together as, uh, and using this children's ministry curriculum. So lastly, um, I tried to think of some of the things you might be thinking. Um, so I have some what ifs here. Yeah, okay, so what if I'm, a, I'm not a teacher? Well, I can understand that. This curriculum is so well laid out, it's actually completely scripted. And so if you were the worst teacher in the world, you can sit down and read through the order of service. You come in at small group time. You help the kids with their, their little project, right? You do that. You transition from small group time to large group time with a large group teacher teaches. And his, even that teaching is completely scripted for you. So there's nothing that you have to be overly creative about. Um, So basically, if you can read, you can teach it. And we did this actually Wednesday, this last Wednesday. We just read through the curriculum. And just doing that and then adding the videos that come in was a huge blessing. At the end of the whole thing, it was like, man, how cool is this curriculum? That even as as dry as it may have seemed by just reading it, um, it was so clear and so concise and so able. So you do not need to be a teacher. And then lastly, I threw this in here just for fun. Remember that God talked uh, through a donkey to accomplish his will in Numbers 24. So if you come to me and you say, Carl, there's no way I can't teach, I'm going to say, Sorry, read Numbers 24. <laughs> um, so uh, I am not a theologian, maybe a question, and I think that's a legitimate question. We don't want to be passing on wrong things to our children, um, it's a very vulnerable age. And so I just want you to know, we've, we've already dug very deeply into the theology. We've asked some pretty hard questions in our elders' meetings about some concerns that we had about it. Uh, we've worked through those, and we're comfortable with it. That being said, if you're teaching it and something shows up and you don't think it's right, please bring it up. Let's walk through it. Part of, this, part of the design of having our parents involved is not just the discipleship of the kids. It's the discipleship of our parents right? It's good for us to be challenged. It's good for us to maybe think, well, I'm not sure if I agree with that. Well, let's get in God's Word. Let's put our finger in the Bible, right? Let's think through that. So that's one of the benefits that we'll have of doing this together as a family. Um, What if you say, I'm not creative? That's me. I'm not very creative. Um, The curriculum is very creative for you. Right now, Valerie is planning already and is doing As she did this morning, when the teacher showed up this morning, all the crafts were there, ready to go. Every crayon, every piece of paper, everything they needed to get through the craft was already there. You don't need to be creative. It'll tell you how to be creative. And not only will that happen, all the stuff for you to be creative will already be there waiting for you. So what you say, what if I don't have time to prepare? I can understand that. We're all extremely busy. Um, But I'm telling you that if you take 30 minutes out of your life, to prep, to teach, you will be over-prepared for, uh, for the Sunday. Ultimately, kids remember that you love them, and ultimately remember this, that God spoke through a donkey to accomplish his will, right? We are a tool that God uses to love other people. We don't have to always have it all together. Um, you'll see that it'll be as, as simple as opening an email midweek and it will give you everything that you need. One of the benefits and one of the neat things about the teaching tool is that every week comes with a 10-minute video. So if you're more of an audible listener and learner, then, and rather than sit there and read through everything, it, there's an audible teaching. This is what we're trying to drive home this week. That will come along with your weekly order of service. Now, lastly... I just wanted to share just a testimony of my own life. When I was uh, I was uh, in my mid-20s, I had just come out of 2nd Ranger Battalion in Fort Lewis, Washington. Uh, I, was very, I, was, I had a lot of rough edges. My mother-in-law is sitting here today. She probably remembers those rough edges better than I would like to. Um, but I was kind of a typical man's man, Uh I had gotten saved, but I had never been discipled, And um, but I had a heart to serve. I wanted to serve. So we showed up to this small church that had about 50 people in it, and my my, my military mindset was, whatever needs to get done, let's get her done. You know, that was, that was my attitude, and I'm glad. That's always been my mindset. God has always, uh, through that, has always worked and been a blessing. I've, you know, I've ran my face into the wall a few times, but... Nevertheless, I'm grateful that uh, we've done it. So I went to the pastor. I said, "Pastor, what could we do to help you?" And I'm thinking, "Well, we could help with young men or women. We could we, maybe the youth group, or we could do something like that." I would clean toilets, whatever you you know. I did it all anyway in the army. So um, whatever needed to be done, I was ready to to say it. And he looked right at me, and not with two seconds notice, and said, "Good. We need somebody for children's ministry." And, man, I tell you what, that tough guy, my heart melted. (laughs) It went to the ground. I thought, not a chance, man. I was scared to death of those kids, and there was only like three of them, you know. So um, let me just tell you that I understand that. And like pastors already said in the service, that it is often we don't see the Spirit of God and his gifting in us until we put ourselves in a position uh, where God uses us. And I, to this day, it is my joy to hang out with those kids, to teach in children's ministry. We fell in love with it within a matter of weeks. And, uh, and yeah, there was all the administration stuff and all the things that maybe I didn't love so much. But what, what ignited my fire was getting together with those kids and seeing kids get saved, give their lives to Christ. There's nothing that brings more joy than that. And then over the years, they come to you. Not too long ago, I got... A, I, I got uh, a friend request from a young man that was in our ministry that now has kids and was telling me how grateful he was and so don't miss out on the joy because of fear and uh you can do it if i can if i can uh you know break down and and be soft and have fun and love kids and i promise you you can so let me pray for you and uh we'll have our our last song lord uh, I thank you for today. Lord, I know it's an odd, uh, an odd day and maybe not what we expect when we um, come to church. But Lord, I know that uh, you work in mysterious ways in our hearts. I know that these are things that you have called us to do to raise up uh, our children and disciple them well, Lord. Lord, I pray that you give every man and woman in here um, the wisdom to not just teach your word, Lord, but to be your word. Lord, I know that we can always teach what we know, but we will impart who we are. And so, Lord, I pray you give us the grace to love you well, to like Moses, to spend time with you, to let your glory be reflected upon us, that we might reflect it to a dying world, Lord. Lord, help us to get through these transitions. I pray for your grace, Lord. I know this is a a different mindset, uh, Lord, but... uh, We're excited to see what you're going to do and what you will do in and through us, Lord. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name.